0: So I knew that there was something I knew that there was something because two years before that date, we were in that hospital again and we had lost my brother, my middle brother. Now a year before that date, we had lost my mother to a six year battle with breast cancer and we're in the same hospital again. So what is going through my mind at that point? Don't do this. Don't do this universe. And you know, being Filipino Indian, I grew up multicultural, multi-religious. So I was like, God, universe, Jesus, everyone, please do not do this. And the doctors came out, what felt like an eternity, but quite a few hours later, (sighs) take a deep breath because it's intense. And shared, your dad did have an allergic reaction, but we had to take some routine tests just to make sure everything was okay. He had a reaction to the dye. We actually found out that he has stage four lung
1: cancer. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakhiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work.
0: Hi, everyone. Good morning. Wow. Well, today we are talking about the power of your story. How was that exercise for everyone? Did you already find a new friend? Okay. And the reason why, why do, when we share things about ourselves, why is it that we automatically begin to build trust? How many of you felt that in that exercise? Everybody in the room, right? Everyone has like a new buddy because stories do that. Stories do that. They build trust. And that's what we're gonna get into today. So by the end of this session, not only are you going to be able to own your stories, but you might actually find some juicy stories in the people sitting right next to you. Are you guys in for that? Okay, because we're gonna get juicy because how many of you actually have a juicy story inside of them? Pretty much everyone in the room, cool. How many of you, just by me saying the word story and sharing, you probably froze up. Okay. So the truth is though, that we all have a story. The truth is we all have a story now to build that trust. I'm going to share mine. Is that okay? No. <laughs> all right. So that is me. Total 80s child. Yes, born in the 80s. And I am a product of two immigrant parents. My father is from India. How many Indians in the house are my Indians? (laughs) Celia. Celia's like half Indian, not really. And then my mom was from the Philippines. And we were born and raised in Chicago. And I was the oldest of three. And so the story that I'm going to share with you today Now, it's so vivid. How many of you have or experienced something that's so vivid that you recall the actual date? You recall what you were wearing, what was happening, what you were eating that morning for breakfast. Like, it's so vivid. Those details are so vivid. So for me, it was August 15th, 2001. And I remember because in the States you go to school. I was going to be a sophomore in college. And I remember that we were having a family event and it was a family wedding. How many of you have been to like an Indian wedding? It's a big deal. It's a big deal that Bollywood wedding. It's a big deal. So we had a family Indian wedding to go to, and this would be the first time we would attend a family function in a very long time. And so my little brother, I'm not gonna pick him out of this room, but he's here. My little brother, he actually had the idea to dye my father's hair. You see that silver fox there? Black, jet black. And so my father, Indian father, him being no no beta, that's just not what we're going to do. But he conceded because my little brother was the youngest. And so we went and we got to the drugstore. We picked out, it said like just for men on the cartridge. And it was like black noir because they always have on those, whoever dyes their hair, it has like black noir, like in French. And so we went home and we proceeded to dye my dad's gray hair black. And so my dad's sitting there and we're basically, we've got the cartridge open and we're like massaging his head. And he's like hanging out, but he's just kind of like, okay, what's going on? But all of a sudden his head starts to, like there's these bubbles that start to form on top of his head. All of a sudden his cheeks start to swell up. All of a sudden his face starts to swell up twice the size, the size of a watermelon. And it was growing and there were patches starting to form all over. And of course my brother and I started to freak out and my dad said, we need to go to the hospital now. And luckily we were in Chicago and the emergency room was like five minutes away. So we rushed, jetted out the door, got to the emergency room of the hospital. And here I am and my heart's just going like this and it's pounding and it's pounding and they take one look at my father, the medical staff, and they wheeled him in, they rushed him behind, and they began to do whatever tests that they could do on him. Now, in that moment, I was pacing, and I was pacing, and I was trying to keep it together for my little brother, but I was pacing because, you know, that familiar feeling that you feel when something just isn't going right, but you felt that familiar feeling before of like, Ooh, it's like that sour feeling in your gut, in your stomach. And your chest is about to fall out of your body. How many of you have felt that before? So I knew that there was something because two years before that date, we were in that hospital again, and we had lost my brother, my middle brother. Now, a year before that date, we had lost my mother to a six-year battle with breast cancer. And we're in the same hospital again. So what is going through my mind at that point? Don't do this don't do this universe being Filipino Indian. I grew up multicultural, multi-religious. So I was like, God, universe, Jesus, everyone, please do not do this. And the doctors came out what felt like an eternity, but quite a few hours later. <sighs> take a deep breath. Cause it's intense and shared, you don't need them. Your dad did have an allergic reaction but we had to take some routine tests just to make sure everything was okay. He had a reaction to the dye, but we actually found out that he has stage four lung cancer. Well, in that moment, I had to make a choice. In that moment, I had to make a choice. Was I going to let that break me? Or is I going to let that make me? My father died later that year. And why did I share this particular story? Well, because it is that story that would really shape who I am. Why I'm standing in front of you today but also shape what Sid was talking about me being such an advocate for emotional health, mental health. I went on and some of, you know, some of you were in our session yesterday, I became a cosmetic dentist, but I knew the more and more that I would share my story. I knew that there was something else. I knew that there was something else outside of those walls of being a professional. And I knew that I was so curious about other people's stories and how people deal with hardships in life, how they deal with adversity. And really connecting the dots in my own journey created this book. Now you have to number one, we're going to talk about four ways to really own your story today. And this was intense, but the first thing you have to do, if you are thinking about sharing any story, is make the decision. So make that decision, whether you are ready to share or whether you are not ready to share, whatever that is. And so we're gonna do a little exercise. So I think you guys already know, maybe you know each other, but I want you to, whoever you're sitting next to, maybe you're sitting next to people that you know already, but I want you to tell the person to the right and to the left, Something completely different and something only somebody from childhood would know about you. Okay, I know mine was every Thursday when I was between the ages of five and ten, I would go and play piano lessons every Thursday. So why did you choose that particular story to share? Just in your mind, in your mind, you don't have to share it out loud, but think about what are the reasons why we share particular things? Why are some of the reasons why we leave out certain details? And when you make the decision to actually think about whether you are going to share a particular story or not, we have to explore some of the reasons why you've chosen that and maybe why you have not chosen a particular story because the truth is some of you may be still dealing with things. Some of you may have things that are just stored away and your stories are not meant for everyone. So I don't want you all to think that after, by the end of today, I'm going to have all of these stories to share because for some of you, it might be so personal, but hopefully I can give you the awareness to make, that decision, whether or not to share particular stories and why you do what you do, because if you do end up sharing a particular story, doesn't it open up doors and give permission for others to do the same because of your courage, because of your bravery, it allows not only a sense of trust, but it allows that deep vulnerability that a lot of times nowadays we're lacking. So it builds connection. It builds that trust. Now perception, when you are making a decision to share, think about how stories can inform your view of the world. Now we all, how many of you use Instagram? (laughs) Yes, everyone in the room. (laughs) Now we all use Insta stories. And we all probably, you were at the mind Valley opening party and everyone's kind of taking their glimpse and making their own story real of what happened for them. Their own unique experience. Some of you are here with your families. How many of you are here with your families? Awesome. Now, some of you as families probably went through something as a family. And each of you are going to have a different experience from that same situation. Maybe it was a car accident. Maybe it was having to move. And maybe somebody will remember all of the details of that particular story. Maybe some of you will remember just the colors. And maybe the other person will just remember the actual outcome. Did this make me better? Did this make me worse? But I would like you to go back to your families and have that exercise and actually see the perception that has occurred because of one particular experience, that perception, because the majority of people will go through a life event. This is typical. We go through a life event and for example, I was dating so-and-so, so-and-so cheated on me and therefore. I don't date anybody. How many have had that happen? I'm going to be single forever because I don't trust anyone or something could happen is I dated so-and-so, so-and-so cheated on me and I'm finding somebody else because I got this same experience, different outcomes. Now perspective. Once you have perception about something, something happened, it definitely informs your view of the world. And now you are the director, not only of that story, but you are the director. You are the only one in control of how you want to maneuver that story. But we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. Your story is not for others. Your story sometimes has a lot of layers and depths to it. How many understand for some of you? Some of those layers and emotions and emotional baggage is still there to process, but that's yours to process. And some of you in this room right now are probably going through your own journey at an intersection, your own hero's journey. What do I do next? What's going to be my next chapter? What am I going to share with the world? Because I just left my job. What's gonna be my narrative? What's gonna be my new story? How many have gone through that particular experience where you're like, oh, but I was in corporate and now people ask me, what do I do? What story are you going to share? By the way, I hate that question. What do you do? Hate it. (laughs) It's like, let's get to know beyond the surface.
1: If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mind Valley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mind Valley All Access and unlock every Mind Valley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more all available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, Valley. And our altered state inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with altered state methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. mindvalley.com forward slash now.
0: One of the things that hold people back while they're making decisions, actually there's three things that tend to hold people back. And the first one is fear. Fear, that visceral fear brings to mind the me too movement. When people were so afraid to really share, but it took one person and it often only takes one person or two people or the same type of person to share and invite. To allow the opportunity for others to share which is exactly what happened in this movement. You saw this started in Hollywood or in the U S then you see it go to Tehran or into Bollywood, into India, all over the world, lifting people's voices, giving them the permission to share their own stories of what happened, their own accounts. Now, shame is another thing that tends to hold us back. And I recall that story that I shared with you when I was first going through my initial stages of sharing, when I was early stages of speaking, I was speaking to young women, helping them lift their voices and their confidence. I was so ashamed. I was ashamed of my story. I'll be honest. I didn't really want to share it because in my mind, oh, that meant I was broken. In my mind, that meant I had to work harder. I had to overcompensate. For whatever reason, it was in my head. And for some of you, maybe some of your stories may have you feel that way, that shame. How many follow that? That shame gets us. But during this movement, Tarana Burke, who's on the lower left side, who began this movement, the Me Too movement, she said that, When you share your story, you actually give power to the person that's sharing and it dispels the shame. It dispels the fear. Think about that for a second. While you lift your voice and share your voice, it actually dispels the shame around it because now that energy is taking a new form. How many understand? because honestly, and this is what I tell our clients that come into our world, turn your mess into your message. And that message may be your next chapter. The third thing people are usually afraid of when they're sharing their story is judgment. Some of you shared your stories yesterday in our room for our workshop and I often get this question. Well, what's the appropriate time to really share your story or a particular story? And does it have a time frame? Are you supposed to share it right away, right when it happens? Or do stories have an expiration date? In the Me Too movement, a lot of women and even men were scrutinized. Why did you decide to wait 30 years to share that? And does it invalidate the story if it comes out later? Does it invalidate the person sharing the story if the story, if you're compelled to share it at a later date? Keep that in mind. Number two is the power of sharing. So when you've made the decision to share or to not share, there has to be an intention Are you going to share your gifts with that story? Are you going to come from a victim, a survivor or a thriver? And there's a reason why Brene Brown has become so mainstream. She just came out with a Netflix movie, but there's a reason why she's finally giving permission for people to feel vulnerable to share to have the courage, the ability to speak up in the corporate rooms, in the boardrooms, because guess what you guys, that builds trust. It builds connection. And when we own our stories, we have our superpower gifts, our superhero power gifts that come out. Now, Brene Brown. I was going to say captain Marvel, but I thought you would already know that (laughs) now. I love what she says here because when we deny our stories, it tends to define us. But if we accept it, we can change the meaning we can change the ending. And so when you are ready to share. There is a map of every story ever told. You have a conflict. Just think of any movie that you love right now. If it's a, I'm going to pick romantic comedy cause that's easy, but there's a hero heroine, okay. If you like the Bollywood movies, it gets even more complicated. I'm married to an Indian man, so we tend to watch a lot of Bollywood. There's an emotional rise and there's a story set up. Now, for instance, because I just shared my story, I could have went chronologically, but I started out with the story of my father because really that's what shaped me. So for you, when you guys are forming your own stories, there is no right or wrong way to do this. This is an example of a map and the conflict is not really a fight for me in that story. My conflict was, is this going to make me? Or is this going to break me? Is this going to prevent me from moving forward? Or am I actually going to rise and get up and do something with that? Does that make sense? And so many of us, things happen. And for many of you, as you're thinking about stories, maybe in your brands, in your companies, or the new narrative you wanna tell, because you've just left something, you've exited something, you've exited and now you're in this new chapter of life. There's going to be an opposing force. So don't think that conflict is just a fight. There's an opposing force, there's an obstacle. Now the third thing, third way, Third element of owning your story is being heard and understood. The power of listening is huge. And I know we have some coaches in the room, but the power of listening is huge. And the power of just being understood is huge. So it comes a point where we have to mine our stories. We have to mine the details because at the end of the day. You are the only person that gives your story life. You're the only person that gives your story life. And there's a reason why elevator pitches do so well in your business. Sometimes you have 60 seconds or 30 seconds if you're going to pitch something, but there's a reason why elevator pitches are there because you pick the details. You have a call to action and you tell them a little bit about yourself, but in 30 or 60 seconds or less making it concise and precise. You get to choose. So you need to have discernment, have discernment on what you are going to share. Remember I said, each story should have a purpose. Now, as we mentioned before, your narrative may change. And the same instance can have different effects on you that same instance. And we're going to use the love relationship when somebody cheated on you, so you don't date anybody, you're unhappy, you go through a breakup, you're not going to trust anyone. Maybe you're happy just being single. You're single. You go through a breakup. And you spend some time on yourself and then you find someone else, three different scenarios, and you can see, even during the course of mind value, you you'll meet your new friends. You'll meet even the people next to you. And I want you to just have a note, have that awareness. Understand what is the bottom line? What's their story that they're actually not sharing or what is the purpose? And hopefully the purpose is just connection because that builds trust. You have to really think what moves that information forward because again, you are the architect of that. And just like this murmuration of starlings, as you evolve, the story evolves as you move through a different phase of life. That story moves through a different phase of life whether it's the story of your brand, the story of your fears, the story of how you've rose up from something, it takes on a new meaning. Because essentially it is the hero's journey, that hero's journey arc. Even with this story, I went through my own hero's journey thinking, Ooh, should I share that particular story? Or is there another one that I should be sharing? Is that going to add value? So right here, I was refusing the call, reluctant to change. Meeting with my mentors, figuring out, is this the right one to share with you guys this morning so that you can actually have the rest of the month to figure out what stories are going to actually resonate and how are you going to tell them? And maybe they are stories that you already have, but you're going to give them new meaning. And maybe for some of you, this morning, you made the decision. You crossed the world from the ordinary world, which was outside these walls, to come and play here into the special world. Because we're here in this theater, this Shakespearean theater, where there's possibilities for you to understand your story. And maybe after today, you may have that battle. You may have that ordeal of figuring out what stories should I tell it? Should I not? Cause we're going to do an exercise in a little bit. So this is the formula for every single Disney, Pixar, any single movie, avatars, any single movie. There's always a journey. Now the last one, and this is my favorite. Because when you honor your stories, whatever it is, you guys, it's actually for giving to others, for giving to others. When you get the gems out of your story, you can then pass it on to other people. Obviously, there's a whole forgiveness process there with yourself. Being able to answer, are you actually ready to share that? Because when you do many times, it creates that ripple effect. Just like it did here. I wanted everyone to own the power of their stories. And because of that book, it created a movement. It created a movement to help not only leaders, but people be more compassionate and more empathetic about the stories of their past, but that they can chart new waters. And a new chapter just by making better decisions because they know better. They have more emotional intelligence. But let me ask you this. You know how you have that friend that may have called you in the middle of the night at 3 AM to share their story or their ordeal or something that has happened to them and you were listening closely on the phone while they're crying and while they're just pouring their heart out to you and you had so much empathy and compassion for them. Why don't we do that with our own stories, have empathy and compassion for you, where you are right now on that journey, on that process. But when you are ready, can your story actually galvanize others? Can it galvanize people like this young 16 year old? I think she's 16 or 17 now you guys know who that is the young teen the Swedish teen that took a stance against climate change and now the EU is putting together funds to help with climate change or this person Ever since the shootings at her school, Emma Gonzalez took the stand. She's like, screw it. My government's not going to do anything. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be unapologetic. And we're going to get people riled up. That was not her intention. Her intention was just to share her story, her perception of what happened at that event, her story. So if you, and many of you are here at Mindvalley U, many of you are here in this room because you wanna go disrupt an industry, you wanna go change the world, but first you have to own your story. And it starts with you.
1: Go to minddali.com forward slash now to get started.